Welcome back to The Word on Long Beach, brought to you by The Long Beach Post. I'm your host, Jackie Ray. Now, this is a very special moment because this marks our seventh episode of The Word on Long Beach. Kind of a weird milestone, I know, but it was one where we decided to take our podcast to the streets and meet you in person. It didn't quite go the way I planned it, but it did allow us to remind some locals that we met on 4th Street that we are here for you. We want to talk about and even investigate things that are important to you. And it also gave me a chance to do an update on my very first story that I did for the Long Beach Post. Make sure you stay tuned to the end of the show to get an update on that. But first, Ryan Kurtzman is joining me via Zoom. Now, Ryan is with Smart Cities, and he is going to tell us all the ways Long Beach is keeping up with technology and how you can submit your ideas and also about the inaugural Long Beach Augmented Reality Expedition that is happening in downtown Long Beach on August 8th. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Good to be here. Give me a little bit of background because I know that um, Smart Cities started in 2019. What was kind of the caveat that made this come to be? Essentially in October of 2019, um, our current mayor, Robert Garcia, um, asked the city to really explore developing a Smart City strategic initiative. Um, The purpose of this initiative would be to provide a really a more coordinated approach to applying advancements in new technology um, to our existing city services um, in order to improve the quality of life for folks that live, work and play in Long Beach and to become more efficient um, within our operations. So that was really why he asked us to look into that. Um, And that's not to say that the city hasn't done anything, you know, any sort of smart technology projects in the past. Um, We have those, bicycle and pedestrian counters that you might see like on Broadway and on the, the beach path that count how many people go by and that information is used to um, you know give us more insight on uh, mobility patterns so we've done smart projects before but the purpose of this um, directive to develop a smart city initiative was really to kind of create a vision on behalf of Long Beach about how we might better um, embrace emerging technology moving forward Um, Another big part of the Smart City Initiative was to focus on data privacy as people, you know, use their phones more for, you know, paying for parking or checking their utility meter. Um, You know, some of these devices and technologies are pretty invasive in some ways. So it was really important in the mayor's initial ask that we also think about data privacy um, and really ask ourselves as a city what we would, what we could be doing better um, to protect residents' privacy through policies or through contracts or even through um, the design of technology itself. That's interesting because when I think of um, keeping my data safe, especially as I use my phone, I use my phone for everything, including hopping on the train. So I use it for everything. (laughs) But when I think about that, I think about something that's going to happen at the federal level. I don't think of something that's going to happen locally to help me protect my identity is, is how, how, what's the difference between a federal protection in that regard, especially when we're talking about smartphones and a local protection? Unfortunately, because a lot of these apps are developed by the private sector and by private companies, it really all hinges on them for compliance. Um, So if you're, you know, paying for your smart trip app to go on the LA Metro, like, yes, that's run by LA Metro, but they might be using a separate vendor for that application. Um, another example here in Long Beach is, is passport parking. Um, if you were to park at one of our beach lots or like on 4th Street or in downtown, you probably notice those little kiosks where you enter your, um, your stall number. So that's 
that's using a system called Passport, which has its own sort of, they, they require certain data about, you know, like where you are, they might require access to your photos so you can take a photo of your car. Um, so it's all, it's all pretty app specific or software or hardware specific. Um, and there are also some regulations at the state level as well. Um, there's one called the California Consumer Privacy Act, um, which governs private companies um, in the state of California. It does not apply to local governments like Long Beach, but that policy does require um, private companies to really, uh, first of all, to tell users how their data is being used. And it also gives them the ability to request that data, to ask that data be deleted, as well as other sort of provisions like that. So. In Long Beach, um, we are sort of taking our cues both from the, the federal level and from the state level as we craft our own data privacy guidelines. Um, but, you know, all of the services that the city provides, some of them are, are proprietary and we use our own software for it, but most of them are, are third-party vendors that we contract with. So it really does depend on that. So now you said you uh, one of the things you want to do is basically make life a little bit easier for, for those of us here in Long Beach. Where, how do you decide what areas you wanna focus on to try to make things better? The first thing that, that we did was to really actually reach out to the Long Beach community and ask them what, what a smart Long Beach looked like. I think um, it's so important that we learn directly from people that have lived here for a long time or that work here or that are tourists here um, about what their vision looks like. So that's sort of where we started. Um, we were doing some in-person community engagement before COVID started, and we shifted that to online engagement. Um, and we were really focused specifically on, on learning about the equity impacts of technology. Um, we have, in Long Beach, we have a really strong digital inclusion program already, which is focused on ensuring that um, everyone here in the city has access to smartphones and the internet and the skills to use those devices. So it's really important that when we're thinking about emerging technology or new technology that we not forget about digital inclusion and the fact that there's you know around 10% of our population or so that aren't even connected to the internet. So I think if we didn't address that first, there's a huge risk that new technology will further leave folks behind. Um, and I'll also say too, it was so important when we did our outreach to not frame this using the term smart cities. Um, we did a survey actually, we got about 500 responses and over 60% had actually not heard of the term smart city before prior to taking the survey. Um, and I think that that speaks to the fact that it's typically a term that's come from the private sector as a means of sort of selling their technology to cities or other jurisdictions. Um, so when we were reaching out to the community it, and one lesson that we learned was to actually not use that word and really talk about the actual um, the actual real life scenarios where some of these technologies could help them out, whether it's speeding up their commute, whether it's giving them more information about like neighborhood air quality, I think sort of leading with those more um, local vignettes or stories was much more effective than approaching it from this like technocratic lens of smart cities. You know, I think that's a great point because I don't think the average person would automatically equate what you do to that. And I love what you said about you know, making sure that we are creating these smart cities uh, across the board. And you mentioned a great point that 10% of our population isn't even connected to the internet. So when I think about that 10%, I also think about food deserts, education, inequalities. Are there things that you guys are working on that could help with those types of things as well? 
Yeah, so um, basically what our Smart City Initiative is, is will be doing is making it easier for um, city staff and for city departments to try out new things and explore new technologies, basically all centered around some of those issues that you just talked about. So um, we've actually identified several sort of priority challenge areas, um, which are based on, you know, mayoral priorities that he's identified at his state of the city address, as well as other priorities that have emerged over the last year or two. So those include, um, a couple of them include obviously recovering from the COVID pandemic, um, executing the city's climate action adaptation plan, which is focused on environmental protection. Um, one thing we're working on is actually making City Hall more accessible and increasing civic engagement. Um, the digital divide is on there, improving transportation mobility, reducing homelessness. Um, and then I think one of the biggest ones is also thinking about the role of technology and ending systemic racism and reducing um, racial wealth gaps. Um, obviously, all of the events that happened last summer were really kickstarted a conversation. Um, I wouldn't say kickstarted, really like ignited a conversation with the city and in the community about what our role is in the city to advance racial equity. So essentially the Smart City Initiative is focused on um, exploring how technology has a role into helping address all of these challenges. So um, a couple of programs we're working on now, um, we're working on a really exciting initiative focused on augmented reality um, called the Long Beach AR Challenge, um, which is really bringing the world of augmented reality to downtown Long Beach. We've invited members of the public to think about ways that AR can help uh, solve some of those challenges that I mentioned. And then another program that I'm working on now is focused on um, pilot projects. So really giving city staff the ability to rapidly test out new technologies without investing heavy staff time and resources. Um, I know I've seen some weird things as far as technology goes. I was in Hollywood uh, last week and we ordered some Postmates and this little little itty bitty robot, our food was not delivered by a human. It was delivered by this robot. And we actually followed it because it had someone else's food in there. It was actually a pretty smart little robot. The first thing I thought when I saw that is, why don't they have one of these little robots just going around all day instead of having those once a week street cleanings? Why doesn't the little <laughs> robot just go around and pick up the trash? I know that's not technically, the t I probably didn't describe that right at all, but if somebody <laughs> has like a basic idea like that, do they have to know, can they just call you and say, or email you and say, hey, I have this thought. Actually, yes. Um... <laughs> One of the goals of the Smart City Initiative here in Long Beach is to allow us to explore technologies just like that robot. It's important that moving forward that we have um, some policies in place to govern new technologies like that. And that's, well, that, that's what our Smart City Initiative is focused on, is making sure that those things, when they do come to Long Beach, that we're prepared for them, mm -hmm. uh, and that we can sort of maximize the use to provide the most benefit to the people that live here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to like pilot a, a robot delivery service or a ro robot street sweeping delivery service. Um, I don't know if anyone's approached me yet. I don't think, I don't think so, but um, that's exactly what our pilot programs here are intended to provide is to give us a way to try those things out. You know, maybe we, maybe we start with one robot rather than a whole fleet of them. And then we, we measure how it works. We make sure it's, you know, not getting in the way of people that it's, not causing harm and destruction. And if it works out well, and if the city has budget for it and wants to fund it, we can do a larger implementation. Yeah, well, 
That's my submission, a trash <laughs> up robot. You know, as a city, like we are not experts. We're city government officials. We're not experts in any of those technologies. So that's why we're really putting the, the call out to the private sector to come to us with solutions that are using all of these exciting new technologies and potentially can unlock new ways of like delivering really important city services like like trash pickup or cleanup that you just mentioned. Right. I know you probably can't disclose a lot, but is there something that's in the works that you personally feel once this hits the ground, it's going to really impact people and do so immediately? Can you give us a hint as to what that might be? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great question. I mean, we've got a number of um, of pilot projects actually that we're scoping out now with city departments. And I can talk about some of the, the areas. I mean, um, I know that we're we're interested in learning more about mobility and transportation data and using that data to inform where we would put um, pedestrian or streetscape improvements um, within our certain neighborhoods. So I know that's one that's being worked on. Um, I think that a lot of the projects are still to come and once the groundwork has been laid. And I mentioned it earlier, but I'm also extremely excited about the augmented reality challenge and um, to me, that is a perfect example of, of using technology and, and highlighting what makes Long Beach unique, uh, while also, you know, showing people the power of augmented reality and getting them excited about technology and um, getting them excited to pursue careers or pathways in science or technology or math and explore those career opportunities and hopefully some of our local schools here. Well, since you're excited about it, let's dive into that because it's going to be something that people can come out to in, in August, correct? And it's the very first one. You had 20 artists. How did you go about getting them and what exactly are they doing during this augmented reality? Yeah, so the city received a grant to host an augmented reality challenge back in February of this year. Um, the grant was provided by an organization called US Ignite. Okay. And um, also by Facebook Reality Labs, which is the augmented reality, virtual reality branch of Facebook. Um, so the essentially the purpose of the, the augmented reality challenge here in Long Beach was to put out a call for ideas and solutions about how both local developers and creators, as well as sort of the world thinks that augmented reality can be a tool to solve some of our most pressing civic challenges and also highlight what's made, what makes Long Beach special mostly. Um, so in order to get those ideas and to generate those, we just put out a, a kind of a, an open call um, to everybody. We, we did do a lot of local outreach through organizations like Cal State Long Beach, LBUSD, um, some of the co-working spaces in downtown we reached out to. Um, we will be hosting a in-person um, outdoor exhibition event on August 8th, where we're inviting members of the public to come out and experience the AR applications that are being developed. And can anyone come out and is it free? Yeah, totally free. Um, anyone can come. Um, all of the AR applications will actually be on the Facebook or Instagram platform. So all you really need to do is bring your phone. Um, and if you don't have Facebook or Instagram, you can download it, but you probably already do. <laughs> uh, essentially there's going to be it's going to be kind of like an outdoor art gallery so okay. there will be signs up throughout um the area of downtown long beach focused on the promenade which mm -hmm. is broadway and third street and essentially you'll be walking around and you'll scan qr codes that are on the signs and you'll pull up the different ar experiences and 
hopefully enjoy them. Once again, thank you so much, Ryan, for joining us here on The Word on Long Beach. And you guys, don't forget, the Long Beach Augmented Reality Expedition is happening in downtown Long Beach on Sunday, August 8th from 12 to 5 p.m. You don't need to register. You just need to show up. Now stay with us because you're going to hear the outcome of us taking to the streets for our first ever Word on Long Beach office hours. Stay with us. Thanks for listening to the Word on Long Beach from the Long Beach Post. The best of Long Beach is back. Nominate and vote for your favorite restaurants, shopping, experiences, and more, and see what other people are calling the very best of what Long Beach has to offer. Check it out at bestoflb2021.lbpost.com. And now back to the Word on Long Beach with Jackie Ray. Thank you guys so much for staying with us. Once again, this is The Word on Long Beach, and I'm your host, Jackie Ray. Hopefully you are following us on all things social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Long Beach Post. Now that is a great way to stay up on all the latest news here in our city and a great way to have conversations with others here in Long Beach and us here at The Post. To make it easy, let me give you my email right now, which is Jackie at LBPost.com. Because again, I want to remind you, this podcast is for you. So this week, we thought it would be fitting to have my very first office hours in the same place that I covered my very first story. Office hours are when we set up shop at a specific location so you can come and talk to us. Now, while we really didn't get anyone who wanted to talk to us on the air about their concerns, we did get to talk to a few people who were interested in a career in journalism. My colleague and I were very, very happy to answer those questions, but I also had time to meet with Chase Ferguson. He is the general manager of the Bird Dive Bar, which is a night and day difference from when I visited the bar very shortly after they purchased it. Then it was known as Ferns. Now it has an entirely new vibe to go with the new name, and Chase says that is mostly due to the new staff. Take a listen. And we just based it on, you know, like how we felt with that person. Mm-hmm. Like how that vibe worked, how the energy worked, you know, how the interaction worked. That, that was what we wanted to build a team that could work off of one another. That was like a family. Because mm-hmm. that's the impression that we want to portray. Right. You because know, then that's what you'll attract too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because we want people to come in. We want guests to come in and feel like, wow, these people are cool. Like yeah. we want to hang out with them. We want to be part of this. And I've kind of equated it to like a neighborhood cheers. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of the energy we want to create where, like, everybody knows your name. Right. You come in and there's, you know, hey, Norm or hey, Chase, you know. <laughs> right. So that's what we're working on. And obviously, it's going to take us time because, like you said earlier, Ferns was a different beast. Yeah. It was very different. The energy and vibe was completely different. Mm-hmm. We don't want to uh, focalize or pinpoint on one genre or one person or one aspect or one energy. We want to represent for everybody. Right. And right now we're working on our entertainment license and that'll actually show that as well. Mm-hmm. So we want to have obviously live bands, but like community bands. Okay. We want to reach out to Long Beach and have people that are like starving artists, mm-hmm. I guess would be a, a, a stereotype to mm-hmm. put on it, that come in and can play and showcase their talents and yeah. you know what they can do. So yeah, that's, that's our goal. Like, we want to be the, the neighborhood spot that you come to because you feel like it's family. You feel like you're going home. Yeah. Is that an important aspect of it, too? You want to make sure that people in this community say, hey, you know what? I've got a song I might want to sing. That's the mo- That's a very important aspect. I mean, mm-hmm. I want people in this community just to feel like, hey, I want to go there because yeah. they care about me. Mm-hmm. You know, or they're concerned about me or they go the extra mile for me. Right. That's my goal as the general manager, bar manager, is to try and 
create that atmosphere through the, our bartenders, through obviously our security that we have full time mm -hmm. to try to make sure that we're managing the environment so that everybody feels comfortable and everybody wants to come. Yeah, my dad used to own a bar when I was a kid okay. um, in Denver, and he used to always really get on his bartenders. Same thing. You have to be part of a family because a lot of people don't go to therapy, but they go to their favorite bartender. And that's that's a very true point. I mean, <laughs> any bar I've ever worked at, I've become a therapist for somebody, mm -hmm. you know, and but that's that's part of the job, you know, and I think. I think that makes the job special. I think that's one of the aspects about the job that's been so attractive to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been bartending for 26 years. Yeah, so it, it was my second job for a while. It just got me through school and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Now here I am. All right, so let's talk about you as a Long Beach resident. What okay. are some of the changes you've seen in Long Beach as a oh long-term native? Just, as a long-term native, there's mm -hmm. been so, many, so much money invested in downtown mm. to try to renovate it and reestablish it. A lot of that money then went down to um, the old pike, so yep. the money shifted, and now I'm seeing the money come back. So it, it's really nice to see Pine and downtown in general just kind of build out and become something new again, mm -hmm. and something like it, it's supposed to be, you know? I mean, this is an old Navy town. Uh, my grandfather was in the Navy, both of my grandfathers. Uh, one was a mechanic, and the other one served, but... Um, I mean, I've my family was here when the real Pike was still here. Mm -hmm. I mean, my mom's been on that was on that roller coaster when it was a real oh, roller coaster, okay. and it didn't look like a roller coaster mm -hmm. now with the right. design. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I my, my family remembers when it had the rainbow, mm. you know, pier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've seen a ton of changes, you know, even Seal Beach for that matter. But no, Long Beach used to have the best surf in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. until they built the heart, the port, you know, and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But they had to for World War II. Right. But yeah, no, um, what I love about 4th Street right now is the demographic change that they're trying to make it more of an extended art district. Oh, okay. Which yeah. I think is really, really mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. And I think they're doing a very good job on that. Mm -hmm. I love that um, we're so inclusive with everybody and anybody and mm -hmm. whoever you are, you know, to each their own. And yeah. let's hang out together and be part of one yeah. another. So I think that's really awesome. And that's, again part of what I want to bring here, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, but yeah, having been in different worlds, I guess, you know, or different stadiums or avenues or whatever, uh, I see Long Beach as a very inclusive city. And if you just walk down from street to street, you never know what you're going to get. I mean, you can go from anything to anything, the next street over. And I think that's kind of our charm. You know, a lot of people maybe find that intimidating, but I think it's kind of our charm. All right, so now every community needs something that they need to improve upon. What would you think Long Beach needs to do to get better? Parking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is so true. Uh, I, I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know where else to go after that. I mean, yeah. I, I, think, I think parking, and I think that as, as a community as, as a whole, and I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I feel like, since we're, we have our own health department and we have all of our own resources, we need to kind of distance ourselves from just following the state. Does that make sense? Or, or Southern California demands. I think that we, like Pasadena, have an ability to be an independent city within a, a city. county. Yeah, a county. Does that right, make right. Sense? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. So I, I think that's something that's very important moving forward. 
And that's going to take a lot. That's going to take people that are going to be willing to stand up and say, no, we don't need that. Right. You know, we're managing ourselves. Yep. You know, we don't need to be micromanaged. And I feel like what we have right now is allowing us to be micromanaged. Mm -hmm. Well, that got really political right there. No, I love Moving it, though. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. No, I love it. <laughs> okay. Because that's one of those things that, you know, again, as a person who's brand new here, you know, I just, I kind of, it's easy to put yourself in a box when you're brand new here. I will tell you, though, that parking thing hit home because when I was looking for an apartment out here, the oh. very first place I fell in love with, they were like, yeah, and then you can walk three or four blocks in the middle of the night and park. Uh, no, I am not. <laughs> no, and you don't want to be walking in right. the middle of the night three or four blocks. Exactly. No, I have a uh, 2001 Suburban, and yeah. I can't find parking ever. Right. I'm sure. I mean, I'm like, where am I going to put this thing? I can't, I can't fit <laughs> right. this thing into a small spot. Right. You know what? But though I do have to say, and then the positive is like with all the electric bikes and the yeah. scooters, I mean, hopefully that, and again, making us a bike city. Yep. I mean, that's what we're known for and having bike lanes, which as a driver predominantly is annoying at times, right. is, is great. I mm -hmm. think that it could help with that. So, yeah. um, I mean, not knocking that. And I think, because I think the city realized, wow, we have a parking situation. Mm -hmm. So they've created some of these new avenues, and and they've really they've really worked. So I mean I, I mean I've ridden the scooters. I love them. I mean I w I want to buy one. I'm like I I mean I could go from my house. I live on Third and Orizaba, so I'm so close. So I'm very local. Um, I I grew up in Los Altos area, which is the new East Side, I guess. But I mean this is the original. But you know that's kind of the new East Side, and um, you know I went to Wilson and I went to Poly. And then my mom remarried, and I ended up ended up in Alaska, of all places. Really? So I lived in Anchorage, Alaska for two years. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I love this city. I love this town. I love the people. I love the dynamic. And like I told you, I love the diversity and the fact that I can go from one block to the next and find something completely different. Like, these bars don't have any of the same feel as the bars on Broadway, and they don't have the same feel as the bars downtown. Like, everything is just different. No, I love that. How proud are you of how beautiful this bar is? I can't, like I told you, I came here and I was like, oh my goodness, this is never good. It looks amazing in here. I'm super proud of it. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I think it turned out just like the way we wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. We wanted it to be clean, precise. Yep. Still have our vision, you know, have, and I don't know if you've looked around, but there's a mm -hmm. lot of bird references. Yes. And so the bird thing comes from Todd and Dave, who used to be firemen. So they used to call each other the birds. So that's where the name, it just kind of stuck. So that's where the name comes from. I see you still have the uh, Fern sign up. We do. We, yeah, because we still want to represent. I mean, this bar was a landmark and it had been around for a really long time. And again, not knocking them at all. You know, it, it, I mean, they had good years, bad years, but we all do. You know, so hopefully we have more good than bad. That's kind of the goal. All right. Are there any happy hours? What kind of specials you got we going? We do. We have a bird. We have a bird hour from eight to nine. <laughs> okay. I know, right? And four to five, and it's awesome because it's half off on everything. Nice. So yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty cool deal. But other than that, no happy hour per se yet. Okay. But we might end up doing a late night thing to come down the road. And so on top of the live entertainment that we're hoping to add, mm -hmm. uh, we have a DJ on Friday nights, so okay. that's fun. And everybody gets carded, no matter who you are. And that's more of a way of us figuring out if you're appropriate to come in the bar, if you should be coming into the bar. Does that make sense? It's creating conversation at the door before the bartender has to have that conversation so much. Yep. Now, when I was here, my very first, very first story, I had one stipulation, and that was a karaoke night. 
Is that on the I know it's difficult now with the, you know, pandemic and everything, but it's, is it it's, on the horizon? It's on the horizon. Okay. It's on the table. <laughs> it's been discussed multiple times. Okay. So, yes, <laughs> it's in the works. So okay. we're hoping to do that. Well, just make sure I'm the first one to know. I will make sure you're the first one to know, for <laughs> <Okay>. sure. Yeah. <laughs> All no, right. So, but yeah, no, I mean, we definitely, definitely uh, wanted to bring something, I mean, clean and new. Yeah. Like a clean slate. Yep. Like, you know, start it over, you know, rebrand, respect the past. Yeah. But uh, definitely put our own stamp. No, you know, I think you've done a fantastic job of that. I think you should be really proud. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. No, that means a lot. If you want to stop by the Bird Dive Bar, it is located at 1253 East 4th Street. We will be doing office hours again, so make sure you follow the Long Beach Post on all social media at Long Beach Post. Thank you all once again for joining us on this week's episode of The Word on Long Beach. Once again, I'm Jackie Ray, and I'll see you next week.